Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation brought to you by Mata. I'm your host, Tessa Berg. Today's topic is wildly interesting. I think we as B2B marketers have not spent enough time finding out what operators, contractors, dealer networks, and brokers really need from our brands and from our marketing. Today, we're going to talk to Mark Wilson from Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, and he is doing the marketing at a trade company directly to the consumers our brands wish to influence. This conversation is going to cover what Mark does as a marketing manager at Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, as well as what has benefited his company the most from the brands, including how he uses the media library and their brand partnerships and brand activations that support their local presence. Thank you, Mark, so much for being our guest. I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here and thanks for having me. Yeah. So we met at MyCon, which is put on by Marketing Artificial Intelligence Institute. And something that really caught my attention is when you were talking about the fact that Fire Nice does content marketing, digital marketing um, successfully to reach customers. So I want to dive into that because I think the assumption is that if you're sort of a local business, you just need to rank in Google or just be on Angie's list. And you know that's the extent of the marketing. Tell us a little bit about what your approach is. Right. So your initial assumption isn't necessarily wrong in terms of what the historical approach has been within HVAC and a lot of service industries. It's not that there aren't digitally savvy companies, but at the same time, um, I think a lot of those standard strategies have been the norm and there are many who don't go too far outside of that. Uh, so one of the things that is a differentiator for us is the fact that we leverage our content marketing so much. Um, now it is content marketing is you can't tell Google, I want to only rank in these areas. You can generate content to help with that. But a lot of times, a robust inbound strategy and content marketing strategy is a national strategy, and it happens to work locally for us as well. So there is national traffic that we get for people who aren't going to be customers for us, but it also manifests as local traffic and local leads and eventually revenue for people that are finding us through the same way. Because it is a little bit more of a broad strategy, it is supplemented with we do still have paid efforts. The idea is that you know, our website is our best lead generator. And so the majority of our focus is on that content side. Uh, by the same token, we have to fill in some of those gaps with the paid side where we do see a lack, whether that's a lack in a particular market or customer base, or a lot of times it's seasonal just because HVAC is such a seasonal industry. And so there'll be times of the year where we have to supplement our content marketing efforts with many of the other digital channels that people are very familiar with. And how does that compare to your competitors? Are a lot of heating and cooling companies really focusing on inbound like you are? Or what other marketing tactics are they using? And what's the level of success they're having there? I think there's probably some understanding of inbound principles on the surface level, um, but the, the dedication to it and the execution is wildly different. Um, you'll find a, a lot of websites that have blogs, but very few that generate consistent traffic. And that's because they're not digging deep into how to actually be successful with some of those strategies and some of those efforts. Or for example, instead of having like an in-house writer, 
working with subject matter experts regularly, they're outsourcing to a third party who's going to write something coherent and usable, but it's not necessarily going to be a deep value adding content just because they're not as absorbed in the industry. So that I think is a differentiator for us, which isn't to say you can't use outside vendors for some industries and for some content, which we still do on occasion. But I think that's really the difference. So it's not that there isn't an understanding. It's a level of, it, it's a difference of how much you're, you're committing to that strategy to keep growing website traffic and leads that you generate from that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You're the marketer at the service company. So you are closest to that customer, but how do you identify what topics are most important? I see, you know, a lot of trade companies sort of struggle with like, what should they be writing on their blog? And, you know, what topics target people and engage them in a way where one, I'm, I am getting local traffic and two, I'm getting people who are likely to buy. How do, how do you determine that content calendar, that topic mix? Yeah, that's a good question. There isn't one answer. There's no silver bullet to here's what people are looking for. There are, of course, tools that you can use to find like search volume for, for topics within your, within your industry and what your company does and prioritize from there. The, the issue there is that it's not always going to be high buyer intent. And, you know, it might just be informational. There might be some other purpose to that search, even if it has a lot of volume. The easiest thing I would say, and one of the first things that we did when we started this strategy, and when I got brought on board to start our content marketing efforts and, and start to build a team around that, is we just went to the people who are in the company who are talking to customers as your, your service techs, your installers, your sales reps, you know, however your company structured those forward facing and customer facing people. And then you ask them, what questions do you get? Write a big old list. And then you're answering those. You know, not every question is going to be a blog topic or a video or, or uh, an ebook or something like that, but you'll start to see some themes and trends. And that's, that's a good place to start. I like that combination of, you know, you're using some digital tools, but you're not working in isolation. You're talking to the people who are on the ground and trying to track, you know, how customers' issues or perceptions are changing and then produce an answer for that. I, you sit in this very interesting seat in that you're close to the customer, you're marketing to them, but then you are also a customer yourself. So you have vendors and suppliers that are selling to fire and ice, heating and air conditioning. And, you know, what type of support are you getting from them to fuel your own marketing efforts? The answer is a lot in some areas and very little in others. We work with some great manufacturers who, who provide our equipment. So the big two that we work with are train and carrier for heat pumps, furnaces, air conditioners, Mitsubishi for ductless uh, mini splits, and then April Air for our indoor air quality products at your filters and dehumidifiers and things like that. And they have large dealer networks and are trying to provide resources and we have representatives with them and there's a lot of communication with them and that's all great. They have a very broad audience, uh, more so than us, because they're oftentimes marketing to contractors, not to our customers, the, the homeowners. And then within contractors, there's those who do commercial and residential, sometimes both. We're only residential, residential and multifamily. So they're, they're, which gets a little bit into uh, commercial style business relations. But in any case, we're not doing commercial. So 
if they're marketing to the end user, they're having to expand their audience again beyond just who we as Fire and Ice are marketing to. So a lot of their efforts are a bit more broad and aren't going to be specifically for the people we're targeting. That being said, you know, we have access to some media tools here and there um, that they provide for us and print materials and information on their information on their equipment so that we can then turn that around into sometimes we're using the train brochure, other times we're just adapting that information into our own materials to market to our customers. So yeah, I'd say there's some opportunities for additional collaboration and support, but you know, there's certainly a lot of communications there as well. So train and carry are not like small brands. Like I've heard of those and I would say I have very little interaction with the air conditioning in my own house. So how important are their brands in your marketing? Depends on the customer, but relatively so. As you say, those are known brands and there are some people who are brand loyal as they are with any product type. And so sometimes they'll say like, I'm, we're a train household. And so when it's time for them to get a new system, they're going to call the train dealers in town. And so you have to know who you're up against in those situations. And we know who our competitors are for both of those companies, for people who are train or carrier loyal. You have a lot of others who are more agnostic. They're just going to go with, they might be price motivated. So they're going to go with the cheapest price or, you know, a lot of times we sell on value. We're rarely the cheapest option. So it depends on the customer a little bit, but we definitely don't hide the fact that those are the brands that we install. And part of the reason we work with them is that we think they're reliable and they've been good partners for us. And so the, the, the actual like ease of use of, you know, installing the equipment, servicing it, how reliable it is and how good those communications are from the manufacturer directly affects who we work with. You know, Fire Nice has been around for about 20 years and you have to be able to leverage economies of scale. So you can't work with too many different manufacturing vendors, but there have been companies who have switched manufacturers because they're not getting the support that they need, or, you know, there are too many issues with repairs or recalls or what have you. And so all of that affects what we do. We can't hide some of that if the brand is, is dropping the ball. Uh, fortunately, we haven't had to do that. So those have been nice long relationships with us. I'd have to ask the owner if we've been working with both of those for the full time Fire Nice has been around, but it's it predates my time with the company and it's been quite a while. Well, and that's a part of your brand. Like people trust that Fire and Ice is doing their due diligence and selling products that they believe in. And I like before we got on the call, you were giving me an example of how Carrier has done some brand activation through partnerships. I believe it's with the Browns. How has your brand benefited from Carrier's brand activation through something that feels a little bit more local or at least, you know, state local um, to your target audience? Right. Yeah. So this is somewhat new. It's kind of the first thing that we've done along these lines, but um, the Carrier and the Carrier Dealer Network has a relationship with the Cleveland Browns. Obviously we're in Columbus, Ohio, not Cleveland, but there are a lot of Cleveland Browns fans here among them, our owner. So I think he was excited <laughs> at the prospect. So we're partnered with the Browns through that network and get to leverage uh, some of their efforts and marketing. Now, of course, we don't want like stadium signage and things like that, because we're going to be getting calls from people in Cleveland who we can't service, but you can geo target anything these days online. And so that's something where we're able to get some benefit that, you know, the Browns are doing some things on behalf of the carrier dealer network that includes 
being ancillary contractors and we're the only one in the Columbus market doing that. And so we're going to get the benefit of a lot of those efforts throughout the season. Now, I will say this is brand new. So like I don't have I don't have a lot of metrics on what we've seen from this particular activation, but it is the type of thing that I think helps to leverage with your existing partners. Like if you're going to be working for someone uh, with someone for years on end, you're going to have partnerships on both sides. And if you can uh, cross those two over a little bit to help collaborate and expand both brand names, whether that's carrier, fire, nice, whatever, uh, ideally you're both getting some benefit out of it because it's, it's mutually beneficial. So we'll see where that goes, but it is exciting because it's something new and a little bit different than some of the traditional resources that we've gotten from, from these vendors. Yeah. I mean, as a sports fan as well, I feel like there is so much emotion in sports and in fandom when you can sort of leverage that care with that for your own brand, it does make it sticky. Are there some things that you're using the most today, though, that are sort of table stakes in what you expect from a good uh, manufacturing vendor? So we have used, and this speaks to something that I think a lot of manufacturers can help provide is media library access. And so we've used stock photography, some footage, various other branded assets from some of these groups because they have great photography of all of their equipment in homes or in a studio, you know, just, just something that you can cut out and put into another design element. Now we've created some from scratch here in house and we've gotten some of that when we don't have access to what we need, but we have a full digital marketing team. That's not going to be the case at a lot of similar companies that don't have those resources. And if they don't get that media access from the company to be able to use in their advertising, they'd either not use it or have to pay someone else to go get it out in the community. And so when we've had access to those, that's been great. I think there's, if you want to get into this now too, but I think additional opportunities to share some of that information as well, information and assets that again, as as long as you're branding it properly and not just outright stealing it and putting it into another use case that, that doesn't quite fit, that you can leverage a lot of the work from one end to help the other end. Does that make sense? I think it totally makes sense. I mean, as large brands, they're investing a lot in research. They're investing a lot in data. I mean, even the type of broad marketing that you were talking about before, they're influencing the people you're directly selling to. Is there anything in that that you think would be valuable to have a little bit more visibility or access that could help power your marketing to sell, you know, more carrier, more train, more product. Yeah, and it's a good question. And there, there might be manufacturer side ideas that I'm not thinking of, but they have to have or could have access to data on, you know, customer profiles and likely buyers that is at a scale that any individual company is not going to have access to through their own data. And so we have, a, we have a decent idea of who our customer is, who our customer profile is, but that doesn't change too much between products. So what's the difference between like, what's the customer base for a ductless mini split versus traditional home HVAC system? I don't have great answers for that, but I bet that that data exists out there and could be shared to help build audience profiles for things like, you know, what, if you're doing ads on Google or social media or even just doing different designs with your like TV ads or something as simple as a billboard, you know, that could inform the types of things that make it into those channels. 
I mentioned the, the media library access. At one point, we actually sort of redesigned, uh, we made some social ads that were basically, we recreated Mitsubishi duckless ads because I liked them. Like, I, I thought they did a nice job and I said, let's do this and make it our own. And what's stopping companies or manufacturers from saying, here are some ads that have done well for us. Here are all the assets you need for it. Brand it properly so that it's for your business as well. And it isn't identical to you know, what else is coming out there or what we're coming out with. But here's a package that you can use to sell our product. I know for a fact that they have their digital teams putting some of these things together. I have the luxury of being able to you know, talk to our designer and come up with ideas on our own and do that. But some other companies have to pay a third party vendor or you know, figure it out in-house with people who aren't experts on this. And so just increased sharing, like, hey, here, here are all the materials we're coming out with. Here are the modular elements that you can take and mix and match to make your own in your own advertising efforts. And that to me feels like it would help everyone involved. Um, so if it's, you know, if it's train creating a, a modular advertising package to, to send out to um, dealers, then they're all coming up with their own spins on it, but they're using branded materials that Train has has, has already prepped. Um, that sort of thing is, frankly, it's probably going to help companies that aren't like Fire Nice more so yeah. than more so than companies like us. But at the same time, we'd probably leverage some of that too because that's time that we could be spending on other things in house. You hit on something that just sparked an idea, but it's this concept of of sharing. Have you? ever talked to or worked with any other train distributors or trade businesses and gotten ideas like what are they doing like i said exchange ever taken place um <laughs> that might be more of a question for our, our upper leadership uh like gm and owner my guess is probably not only because it's a, it's a little bit of a copycat industry and so we're not sharing too many trade secrets among peers like I respect our competitors, but we're not, we're not always sharing ideas with them. So yeah. um, it's, it, it, there could be, yeah, see that, that gets, that gets tricky. So I suppose that like, if you have large dealer networks and you're not talking with people in your own market, that would be a little bit different. So yeah, there you probably have a, a much, much different point by the same token. Some of our content marketing is so national that if somebody else started to do what we do and then it, it, it might eat into our local revenue. So I don't think, I honestly don't think that would be the case. I think there's room enough for a lot of people to, to do some of this, but yeah, that would be interesting. I haven't given that too much thought, but there's probably more opportunity for that in ways that aren't going to overlap with, with direct competitors. So. Yeah. It popped my head because, you know, in the agency world, we also have an association it's called um, the agency management Institute. And, you know, marketing companies, we all compete against each other, especially on the local level. But what they do is pair you with owners who are not in your competitive set and not in your location. Yeah. So in that way, you can exchange some ideas without being like, oh, my gosh, you're going to steal my, our customers. Um, and we met at an artificial intelligence marketing conference. And it feels like, you know, at that brand level. If they can see that data where there isn't overlap, those connections could be made for better support. But yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and I will say, like, for example, we don't have a set schedule, but like once a quarter, there's a plumbing company out in California that I meet with their marketing manager and they do a lot of content marketing. And 
we use some of the same systems since we're, we're both in service industries. Yeah. And so we do an exchange of ideas there. And that's been beneficial and, and interesting to get that different perspective. That's far enough removed from what we do that there hasn't been any fear of, of sharing industry secrets or anything like that. So yeah, I think finding where there's enough overlap in approaches where you can share ideas and find actionable takeaways, but also where you're not going to then take that and use it to to compete with the person who gave you the idea. Finding that, that Venn diagram overlap is important because, yeah, you know, I've enjoyed those meetings and have had some ideas coming out of that. And I'm sure I can't speak for them, but I know that uh, they've gotten some ideas from us as well. So it's it's been good. Yeah. And you made another important point that, you know, not all trade companies have marketing managers. So do you have any ideas on how can manufacturers make their data, their assets, suggestions on best practices as accessible as possible for businesses that maybe don't have a you <laughs> in it? I think our, our department is somewhat unique. There are even within Columbus here, uh, marketing individuals, even if they don't have a full team who are doing really good work and really strong work, they might not have all the same marketing resources, but there's still a lot of intelligence there. So I think at this point, most companies of any size are going to have some, some marketer or marketing presence, somebody who understands these things. They just might not have all the tools and resources to do everything they want in the myriad different areas of, of digital marketing. So in terms of making it accessible, communication and listening first off, just because if you go to a contractor and you say, what do you need from us? That's something that, that doesn't always happen, frankly. Like the manufacturers might have an idea of what the contractors need and use, but it might not always match with what the contractor's idea is of what would be useful to them. So there are regional reps. We've, we've generally had good ones who are communicative with us. That hasn't always been the case in the company's history and where we've had people who are our rep and it's like pulling teeth to get them to respond to an email, let alone say, come into the office and have a sit down meeting to see where making sure that there are a lot of those touch points between the two groups is the first thing. And it, it sounds simple and basic, but like a lot's going to flow from that. Outside of that, just seeing what areas the company is doing currently, because you're, I don't think you're going to be able to go to a company and say, Hey, you need to be, you know, you need to be doing X, Y, Z with your blog differently. And here are some strategies or here's best practices for Google display ads. And here's a bunch of things you can use if they're not doing Google display ads. That's, that's a big ask. So finding where they're at and then finding ways to improve that. I came from education of all things originally in my career. And one of the concepts I love from that is that you find out that there's a, an end state that you'd love to be at when you want to get someone from point A to point Z. And sometimes you try to jump, jump the line from A to G to T. And oftentimes all you need to do, as frustrating as may be, is get them from A to B, you know, and that's still pretty far from Z. And so find out what they're doing right now with their marketing efforts and then say, how can we make this better? You know, what support do you need from us? I do think it's going to overlap because our brand isn't just our brand. It is April Airs and Mitsubishi's and trains and people search for that. People know to, not everyone even knows what a duckless mini split is, but if they're searching for a brand, it's probably Mitsubishi. So that sort of thing that there is brand equity there. And so being able to cross over a bit between those two and turn one brand's equity into the other and vice versa can reap benefits over the long haul. Mark, this has been 
a fascinating conversation. I've written down so many ideas on how B2B companies can leverage that brand power to help support and better listen to their businesses that are actually selling their products. I mean, you are like a wealth of knowledge being so close to the actual customer. Well, thank you. I, I don't always feel that way. Sometimes it feels <laughs> like I'm just trying to react to the latest thing, but hopefully there's a few insights that, uh, that you and your audience have been able to glean from this. So from what I've gathered, it is a little bit rare to have, you're in a field and a company where a lot of people know these strategies and understand a lot of uh, the large umbrella that is marketing and digital marketing. And when I came into the company, there was, there was like an onboarding process for the company to figure out what this all meant. And that's true in a lot of industries still. So um, I, it means there's room for growth though and room for improvement, which is cool. Have you heard the good news? Tenlo has been acquired by Modop, an award-winning full-service digital marketing and communications agency. That means B2B and B2C companies can take advantage of a wide range of marketing services. This includes brand strategy, market research, digital marketing, public relations, and a whole lot more. To learn all about Modop services, go to modop.com. Yeah, and I love your takeaway about we at agencies know what Z looks like getting from A to Z. But for a lot of companies, and even for brands who want to start out and better supporting their contractors and dealer networks, what does A to B look like? Where are your contractors and dealer networks at right now? And maybe don't jump all the way to Z, because we know the brands have very sophisticated marketing. Yes. Um, so I love that analogy. Your background in education is serving you well. <laughs> Hopefully so. So <laughs> here and there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being our guest today. If the listeners have questions, how can they reach you? So probably the easiest is just via email. Our URL our, is indoortemp.com and my email is just mark at indoortemp.com. So always happy to chat with, uh, whether it's HVAC, because I've learned so much there since I've come into the company and service industries in general, more marketing, which is always fascinating. Like all of this stuff is just fascinating to me and the number of amazing things people are doing and ways they're pushing the envelope of course, we met at the artificial intelligence conference at, in marketing, and you know that expanded my mind even further into some of these possibilities. So always happy to chat, and uh, if anyone wants to reach out. Yeah, we'll have to do a follow-up on how you've begun to apply marketing and AI. Yeah, um, we're, we're just starting the research process there with a lot of those. Um, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of potential, both quick, easy wins, and also sort of like the large-scale, long-term things where we can mold what we do uh, with our efforts and really, really fine-tune them. So it's exciting to me, and yeah, we'll be getting much more into that. I've got my first uh, interview with one of the vendors that, that I talked to at the AICON next week. So from there, I think it's just going to snowball. So. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for being our guest. I think we've given B2B marketers and B2B brand marketers a lot to think about. I love your point about going beyond the technical specs and beyond the technical materials for their contractors and dealer networks and really starting to create those connections with what can their brands do to help you reach consumers? What data, insights, materials do they have that can really start to elevate those that actually sell their products. Great conversation. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Soon. Never miss an episode of Leader Generation from Modop. Find us in all your favorite podcast venues.